In 2015, while visiting my parents at their timeshare in Underberg, I suggested to them that we drive up Sani Pass, a trip that I'd done a few times before over the years. Sani Pass is the mother of all passes in South Africa, but as a farm boy who grew up driving 4x4s, the drive in itself was not a big thing for me. The difference this time was that there was a lot of storm damage, and I was especially nervous when my dad suggested that I drive the brand new Fortuna up the pass. It was a very slippery drive and you could see that somebody had been working on the road which made it even worse. The most difficult part was passing the excavators working on the road at a particularly difficult corner. But we made it safely to the top. And we had a fantastic time and I could take photos of the highest pub in Africa. My oldest daughter Kate accompanied me on that trip and was very excited about getting her first stamp into her passport. Just before COVID, both my parents passed away and I had the opportunity to purchase that specific Fortuna from the estate. And as a tribute to my parents, I want to do the first trip in this series up the Sani Pass to visit the highest pub in Africa. My name is Holger Meyer and I travel the world in search of beer and adventure. The best way to get to Sani Pass is to take the N3 from either Durban or Joburg until you get to Maryville. Take exit 99 and that is where our journey starts today. Our first stop is Peel's Honey where we are going to do a honey tasting and you'll find it right there at the exit 99. Derek De Santos, welcome to the show. Thanks very much for having me. Derek, tell us a little bit about your background. So I'm from a little town in Rustenburg. I've obviously over the years been in hospitality. Um, I'm a sommelier by trade and uh, been with Peels for two years as an operations manager. So yeah, quite interesting how I'm using a lot of my sommelier um, applications on honey very similar. I think you would understand with your beer tastings. And um, yeah, so that's me. So Derek, tell us a little bit about the location and where we can find the farm stall. So let me give you some history on um, where we are at now. Yeah. Um, so we moved to a new site in September 2020. Okay. Um, and it was the very first move that Peels has done in a very long time, I think from the beginning since inception. Yeah. Um, so Jack Peel had a little farm stall uh, where he used to sell literally across the road from where we are now. Okay. Um, it's now um, an ESCOM technical building, but we've had people come through who have let us know that he used to sell from a little hut that he had across the road there so it's quite interesting we're learning a lot from other people that have family that used to pass mm. obviously um in the last 98 years okay <laughs> um so yeah maryvale is obviously central um to it's like a gateway to both the midlands um to a lot of people that are traveling to the drakensberg uh, we get a lot of 
passerbys that have a regular nostalgic stop at Peel's Honey. I think for me, growing up, I always remembered Peel's Honey on the side of the highway. Um, and it's just become a regular stop for for holiday makers that are heading in whichever direction, whether from Durban up to Johannesburg or Johannesburg down to Durban. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so what we've created is now more of a, a welcoming pit stop. It's a huge property um, where you can bring your dogs, your kids can run around at the jungle gym, burn off some steam. Um, you can stretch your legs um, and there's a wide variety of um, food offerings. We've got sweets, um, obviously all our honey. We've got some natural health products, turbidor coffee. Um, so it makes for a good stop, a little pit stop along the way. Like the, like uh, the traditional farm store next to the road. Exactly. Yeah. So we try to maintain, obviously, that old nostalgic farm stall feel. Yeah. And we've just given it a little revamp with some modern feel using container uh, structure. So it's quite nice. I mean, I don't know if you've been there, but it's it's quite different to our old farm stall. Yeah. But the offering is still there. I've been there and I've, I've enjoyed a cup of coffee or two there. And it's, uh, yeah, it's a wonderful little stop. Tell us a little bit more about the history of, of Peels. So, so the history of Peels extends nearly a century. Um, Jack Peel uh, started with a few hives as a hobby. Okay. Um, and he would sell his honey to his neighbors, to his friends. And then simple economics, the demand became quite high, obviously through word of mouth. Yeah. Um, he increased his hives, um, and that's where Peels was born. Okay. Obviously, from Jack Peel and his uh, wife Doris. Yeah. So, since then, there's obviously the company's changed hands um, a few times, and it's always maintained the ethics, I guess, that Jack installed in the company. Mm. Um, so yeah, obviously we've grown quite a lot. Yeah. Um, it's become an institution, I'd like to think. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so in two years' time, we'll be having our centenary. Yeah. Peel started in 1924. Um, I think that's quite a milestone for any company in South Africa to withstand a century. Definitely. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I think I'm, I'm quite excited for that's 100-year mark um, and to be part of the company through this 100-year mark. So we've got some exciting things up our sleeves as well to commemorate the centenary. Okay, I grew up uh, my, with with a grandfather who was a beekeeper and um, I can imagine that they had a similar passion for honey and for bees because not every most people are scared of bees, but if you know bees and if you keep bees, mm. then then you don't have that fear. That fear, yeah, that's the right word. We grew up with honeycombs, that you know, fresh honeycombs, and then he would yeah. also, you know, obviously put it in bottles and cream it when it crystallized. So so I've got those fond memories of of uh, having a beekeeper in the family. I guess beekeeping is still a small industry. It's, I think it's changing. I'd like to think it is. Maybe it's because I'm in the industry now. Mm. But I've noticed that there's quite an um, increase in 
hobbyists with their own hives and um, it's great to see. I think it's also from this Save the Bees, um, I mean, which is an international thing to save the bees and protect the yeah. bees, that everyone's starting, well, quite a large number of people are starting to do their own, um, well, play a part in preservation of bees mm. or whatever it is. I mean, I remember if I ever see someone swatting a bee away now, <laughs> boy, I tell them, like, don't do that. Um, even if I find a bee, like if they follow me home or they can't get out a window, I find myself picking up the bee so gently and putting my hand and trying to give it some water. <laughs> um, my family look at me like I'm crazy. Um, but I think that's just what happens when you you start understanding exactly what it is that each bee does. Yeah. Uh, I mean, a bee in its entire life, a bee will produce less than, I think it's a quarter teaspoon of honey wow. in its entire life. Shit. So, yeah, <laughs> you must just think how many bees go into your jar of honey. So it's quite a it's quite a big thing. Yeah. When I visit breweries, we always talk about tasting and I always say the best place to teach somebody about beer is at, at a brewery because the brewer can know so much about the product and can teach you so much. So talk us through the tasting and what's available at, at the farm store. So we actually have this um, honey flight, we like to call it. I think it's adapted from your from, wine flight. Uh, I thought they're and beer flights. We, <laughs> <laughs> I haven't actually been for a proper wine, a beer tasting. I've been given a beer tasting, but nobody's really talked yeah. me through it. Um, so we have this little honey dispenser where you can get little 28-gram tasters of our honey. And we've got anything from 10 to 17, sometimes 18 different varieties wow. at any given time. Um, at the moment, we've got some carrot, we've got coriander, we've got karoo, we've got fainbos, orange blossom, blackberry, iron bar, bean blossom. <laughs> I mean, the list goes on. So um, what we've highlighted is the varietals that are available in South Africa, um, which a lot of South Africans don't even know are available locally. Um, so we offer this tasting, either guided tasting with one of our ladies or myself, or you can do a tasting. We have little printed um, A3 paper, which you can put your tasters out. Um, you can measure it by its color, its um, taste, smell, and you basically document it all and you can have a look at it. You can keep it and take it with you. and. That's our way of kind of educating people on the on the different types of honey. Okay. Everyone's used to like the honey that you buy on shelf, your liquid honey, whatever it is, you know, just grab a bottle and that's honey. So the honey tasting at our farm stall is it's something else. I mean, we've had a few people through there. Um, we've had a team of student chefs through there for the honey tasting and they were blown away. Um, the aloe honey is a very big one for us because it's um, it's huge. It's mostly South African, obviously. Um, I think international labs have very little data on aloe honey. And it's um, the bees collect the red pollen and then they create this beautiful white honey. 
Um, it's the most beautiful flavor. It's it's just it's phenomenal what these little bees do and what they produce, <laughs> and what's available here in South Africa. So we like to highlight, obviously real south african honey yeah. and that's what our honey tasting goes to educate people on okay just explain a little bit about why they say it's good to eat local honey i think it's got to do with allergies and stuff yeah so if you if you do suffer from allergies um you must remember the honey that honey is from pollen mm. um nectar so if you are consuming honey from your local area you are obviously ingesting that pollen, which will then make you immune to any allergies in your area. So it's always good to have local honey. Um, and it's good to know what's from your local area. I mean, honey also often makes the news for the wrong reasons. Can you just briefly talk us through <laughs> the challenges of of Obviously, there's, there's pressure. I mean, this stuff is, is made uh, half a spoon, teaspoonful at a time. There's pressure to, <laughs> to import it and to cheat with, with adding uh, whatever, sugar or something like that. So honey is one of the most adulterated products, I think, globally. Okay. Um, it's same with olive oil, I mean, with red wine, with a whole bunch of things. You get adulteration. With honey, it's the challenges that we face is obviously uh, price on shelf. Mm. Um, people will look at honey and just see different prices. Well, it's a huge, very, I mean, uh, difference in price. But you must always check what you are buying. I think it goes with anything you purchase to know what you are buying, um, know the difference, check where it's coming from. Um, Imported honey has to be irradiated. It's a regulation, South African regulation, a requirement. Um, the difference with having or purchasing South African honey and imported honey is obviously South African honey is non-irradiated. It's got all the good enzymes, um, good properties that you want to find in your honey. Uh, whereas imported honey, you might get at a much lower cost for whatever reason, um, whatever country it might come from. And yeah, I think with everything you purchase in a store, you need to know what you're buying. So if you're looking at the price, um, we are priced within the norms for real South African honey. Um, and we give all assurances that what you are buying is in fact South African honey and that it's real. We test our honey with, international laboratories, um, universities. So, yeah, we've got all the assurances in place that we are actually bottling what mm. we say we are. Okay. And that's really important to us. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about more about the farm store. There's some really nostalgic products that you've been selling for a long time. Um, yes. what, what is What are the products that you make that you sell there? So apart from our honey, um, we make some honey brittles. We make peanut brittle, mm. sesame brittle, our honey scotch brittle, and our old school barley brittle. And then our old school honeycomb rock sweets. So I think that is a nostalgic mm. item that's on sale. Um, we also have our 
locally sourced beeswax um, that we sell in discs at our store. We sell honey on tap, so you can bring your own container and just fill up your container. Mm -hmm. We do our tasters also in a gift set. Okay. Um, you can buy them to gift someone. We've got five in a set, and then we've got larger taster selection, which is three packs of 130 gram honeys, which are quite beautifully packaged, um, make for great gifts. Mm. Okay. And then I've seen, I think I've seen some candles there as well. You obviously do, do some beeswax products as well. We do. Um, we make beeswax candles. Um, we actually have, I think we started last year, we sourced beautiful ceramic honey jars and we fill that with our beeswax candle. We make a little candle. Once you finish burning the candle out, it's a beautiful little honey pot. Okay. So we sell that with a little uh, honey dipper, and it also makes for a great gift. It's very different. Um, the smell is quite unique. I don't know if you've smelled a beeswax candle no. before. Um, yeah, it's quite unique, very sweet, um, super strong. Um, so you don't need to burn it for very long. So those candles get a lot of mileage, I guess. Um, and the ceramic honey jar is quite quite a quite pretty looking mm. honey jar so yeah we do a lot of little gifting things um regional honey we do all our little small batches bottled as well um and then locally sourced products we also supply we have other products in our store not just peels products okay. so we do source a lot of other local brands yeah. um that we supply or sell in our store yeah i assume that you don't keep bees anymore um, do you source where do you source these bee, um the honey from so we do still have some hives okay. obviously not in not enough to um for our operations so we do have relationships in place with trusted suppliers um from small beekeepers to medium large beekeepers mm. We have relationships in place. Um, the beekeepers are all over the country. Um, we also have a really great community project with SAPI um, that uplifts rural beekeepers. Okay. Um, so I think there's up of 30 to 40 beekeepers that we've worked with on this project in this year alone. Um, and they... Some of them have one hive, others might have more than one hive, two, three hives. And what we've done with SAPI is that we give them an outlet to basically bring their honey to market. So I think that's a gap between uh, rural beekeepers is actually having a platform to sell it mm. other than to a friend, but to actually put a label in it and put it on shelf. So that's our Cezanne project. Um, you can find that online. We've got it in our store as well. Beautiful honey. Uh, it's from deep northern KZN. Um, the flavor of the flavor profile, sorry, of that honey, it's really, really dark, very strong. Um, it's, it's beautiful. I mean, if you think of a bold. I don't know. You have to come. I have to take you through a honey pastry. <laughs> come on, you're a sommelier. You've got to have the right words, man. <laughs> it's very bold. You must have come have a tasting. We must talk you through it. But um, if you have it in front of you and you taste it next to your orange blossom and your aloe, 
um, and you have five or six different honeys. Yeah. The flavor of the Cezana really stands out. Um, obviously, it's different. They're all different. Um, so we might just get a few kgs from one beekeeper and then the next beekeeper might send us a few more. So every bottle is unique. Okay. Yeah. Wonderful. We, we do, we do also get random small batches from our trusted beekeepers. Yeah. They'll phone us up and tell us that this year they've got a harvest of X, Y, and Z. I mean, we've gotten carrot this year and coriander, which is something new for us. Um, and our small batch honey, we only sell online and then we have it at our farm store. Okay. Um, yeah. We, the carrot honey, yeah. No, I say for me, everything that's not eucalyptus is strange and funny. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind coriander or carrot. <laughs> yeah, the carrot honey is very, very earthy. Um, yeah, it's a very unique honey. It's the first time I tasted it, I'll be honest, I wasn't a fan. I did a tasting last week on Thursday or Friday. And when I tasted it with the person that I was doing the tasting for, I was blown away. I fell in love with it. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so it's funny how your, um, your palate changes. I mean, it could have been what I tasted before, but it was actually really beautiful. So it's a very subtle, different tasting honey yeah. as well. And what are what are the most common f types of honey? So locally, we we always um, throughout the year we supply obviously your multi-floral honey. We've got a huge supply of sunflower honey in South Africa. It's readily available. So throughout the year, we supply that. We supply our saligna honey, our feinbos, um, macadamia honey, orange blossom. And orange blossom is obviously more rare than the others, but we have managed to secure some this year. Um, so those are all readily available. Um, then all our small batches don't have their own labels. We have a little stamp on each one as it comes through. So at the moment we do have our bean blossom. We've got a Karoo, we've got a wildflower, we've got um, a blackberry, Black Iron Bark, um, the list goes on and on and on. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds fantastic. We, yeah, we've got great, uh, great variety of South African honey available at the moment. And then um, one more question on the honey itself. So I don't know if there's more than this, but I, I kind of try to identify the types of honey, like raw honey, creamed honey, liquid honey. What what do you call that? Or, or can you explain so that? So yeah, so we sell our raw honey, it's labeled as raw honey, but it's our sunflower range. So all our honey is actually raw. Yeah. The only one that we do heat very gently to get it into a liquid state is our liquid honey that you'll traditionally get in a squeeze bottle. Um, and that's a multi-floral. Our creamed honey is raw honey, but we agitate it. So we introduce air. We'll whip it basically lightly for um, four to six hours. We'll let it settle, and then you get that nice, luxurious um, viscosity mm. that you can spread on to toast or whatever it is. So, yeah, the, I think that's just the different states that you'll get your honey in. Um, 
All our honey is raw. We just refer to the sunflower as our raw range. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And where are where are these honeys available? Obviously at the farm stall in Maryville, and I think you've got you've got some franchise stores as well. We do have a franchise. We've got a farm stall, um, a franchise farm stall in Hillcrest at the Old Mushroom Farm. Okay. We've got our farm stall, and then you can obviously purchase all our products at online. We've got an online store, can be delivered to your doorstep. Um, and then we supply all your leading retailers, uh, pharmacies nationwide. Um, so, yeah, we're working quite hard to get um, a, a bigger footprint across the country in all provinces. Okay. Well, Derek, thanks very much, and I'm very excited to to stop off. and I, And you've opened my world a little bit. Um, I've been to the factory before in in Hilton, but and I've tasted a lot of the honeys. But uh, I think one needs a sommelier to to guide you through the tasting. I, I can't wait, but I hope you'll bring some beer. <laughs> I'll bring some beer and honey. We do a beer and honey tasting. Yeah, and honey tasting. Why not? Yeah, and again for for the listeners, it's it's at the Maryvale off ramp, so between Howick and Sedara. Yeah, it's ex- exit ninety nine on the N three highway. Exit ninety nine on the N three highway. There we go. After our interview, I suggested to Derek that we do a collaboration with my friends at the local chef school, where they also have a brewery. Maybe do a tasting with the students and let them develop some recipes inspired by the honeys that they've tasted and then offer a public honey tasting where the guests can also eat the meals and the recipes that were developed. And one could even look go further and brew something with the honey in the brewery downstairs. I'm a big believer in promoting collaboration among small producers. From Maryvale, our journey continues on the R617, where we pass Sakabula Golf Estate, the village of Mpompomeni, and then you must check out the historical Calderwood Hall, if you like, historical buildings. It's an elegant Edwardian manor house, very popular on the local marriage meander. Just after Boston, you will find the Pickle Pot, another landmark on this route. Our next stop will be in Bulwa, where we visit Hans at the Wild Sky Paragliding School. Please join us in the next episode.